you ever wondered what goes on behind the scenes in your favorite theme parks? Well, you're about to find out. So pull the harness all the way over your shoulder until it reaches your lap. Keep arms and legs inside the train at all times. And hold on, because it's time for the Theme Park Legends Podcast with your host, Steve Honeycutt. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of the Theme Park Legends Podcast. The show that takes you behind the scenes of your favorite theme parks from all over the world by interviewing the men, women, and robots who've worked there. I'm your host, Steve Honeycutt. Today's interview takes us out of the sweaty confines of the suit character and into the role of the improviser or host. That's right, performers who actually get to talk. And giving us insight into that role is Matt Glessing, a performer slash actor from the Great White North, that's right, Canada, who I met on the other side of the world while working at a theme park in Dubai. We talk about what it was like working in the Middle East as well as working foreign contracts in general. And Matt also shed some light on what it's like working on a cruise ship, a world similar to theme parks, I'd imagine, but one that I know nothing about. It's a globe-trotting adventure on today's episode. Are you excited? I know I am. So let's get right to the interview with Matt Glessing. Hi, everyone. With me today is theme park legend Matt Glessing. That's Matt with one T. Matt, how's it going today? Uh, Feeling pretty good over here in Japan. Oh, well, nice of you to uh, drop the fact that you're over in uh, the land of the wait. Is it? It's the land of the rising sun, right? That's that's absolutely right. You've got it. You know as much about Japan as I do now. (laughs) So it hasn't you haven't learned anything while you've been there? I mean, I've tried to, but you know what it's like. I'm kind of in a bubble. So, Matt, how did you get into the theme park industry? I got into the theme park industry. I was uh, training in uh, stage combat, um, trying to make myself more hireable as an actor. Mm-hmm. And I met a girl who works, um, that, that was in Canada, and I met a girl from Australia who worked on cruise ships. And uh, Canada, it, Canada is where you're from, correct? That's right, yeah. Born and uh, raised up until I was about 25 in Canada before I ran away with the circus, so to speak. Oh, um, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, mm-hmm. So this girl I met, she told me about cruise ships, and that's I'm very hireable on cruise ships because I've got a degree in business and performing arts. So mm-hmm. I uh, did that stint for a bit, and then I heard about Disney cruise ships, which kind of slowly segued me into uh, theme parks. Um, I still also wanted to travel the world while I was taking these uh, performing gigs. And, sure. Uh, yeah, my first theme park would be, I guess it would be Luna Park in Sydney, Australia. You pretty much knew from the beginning that you wanted to be a, a, an actor or a performer? No, not not the beginning. No, I, I'm i from uh, Calgary, Canada. It's pretty uh-huh. uh, straight-laced, and mm-hmm. I did, well, I did what most people do, and I followed my uh, father's that- footsteps. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, to join the Heart Dungeon and become a professional wrestler, right? No, no. Oh, I, I oh, watched oh, that oh. when I got home from uh-huh. being an accountant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you knew I had to drop it. You knew I had to. Totally. You know, I lived like less than, I'd say about a mile from Stu Hart's home where they all trained. Wow. Just think you could be locking up with Chris Jericho right now if, <sighs> you know, things had been a little different. 
Ah, sliding doors, Steve, sliding doors. <laughs> Eventually, you decided you wanted to be an actor or performer. Like, how did that come about? Oh, wait, I'm sorry. How did that come a boot? Yeah, you get one. You get one. All right. You get one. It's for the listeners. It's for the listeners. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm sorry for jumping on you. It's all right. No, you're good. Anything all you right. like, sir. <laughs> Well, I, I did uh, accounting for uh, about a year and a half, and I met a guy who was like really passionate about accounting. Like, we just mm-hmm. figured out this like division of taxes and properties or something, found out who to charge. And he's like, "We did it! Don't you love it?" And I said, "I don't know. I guess. What do you mean? <sighs> don't I love it? Like, don't you just wow. love it? Like, yeah. He he he, he compared it to uh, solving a mystery." <laughs> Hmm. I guess that's one way of looking at it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was that point that I realized maybe I should leave this to somebody who might actually kind of like, because I was just right. there for the, for the money and the security. Mm. <laughs> who wants those? <laughs> no, it, right. What a total tangent I, mm. I took. <laughs> <laughs> so I, uh, I left everything. I went back to school for performing arts and I wanted to, my goal because I, I left accounting something so stable, I didn't want to be someone who like lived in their parents' basement. I, my goal sure. was, I have to survive on my own two feet from the get-go. So mm-hmm. the money I'd made in accounting, I spent that re-educating myself in performing arts. And then I was like, you have to survive as a performer, whatever that takes. Wow, uh, that's awesome. Yeah. And, and then you got your first cruise ship gig. And um, what was that like for you? The cruise ship gig was my first time away from Canada for an extended period. So mm-hmm. that alone was, uh, I can't, oh, man, the, the person I was then compared to who I am now, that was about uh, 10, yeah, almost exactly 10 years ago. Wow. Um, and uh, so how old were you when you got that gig? I was 26. So I started oh, late wow. because I did that first whole career thing. <laughs> me too. Me too. But I mean, I had a much less stable career as a, uh, as a musician, but uh, this is about you, not me. Uh, and did you enjoy working on the cruise ship? The cruise ship was the best. And I, I you know what? I, I, yeah, it's, it's not so bad. It's, it's a life and it's kind of the same. Most cruise ships. I worked first back then it was called PNO Australia. But now it's called Carnival Australia. It's always been okay. called the Carnival, I guess. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it was lit. It was the best and the worst times of my life at the same time. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. Um, the reason I I kind of I flourished there from from their standpoint because I was you know Canadian hardworking accountant background. I just right. did what I was told. And um, granted, mm-hmm. we you know I partied hard. I'd be out late at night, but I'd be up at nine in the morning to, you know, do paper folding with the elderly because that's what you do. (laughs) So you were, you were a host. That's right. I started, I was cast as just crew staff. So, you know, making sure people have a good time and hosting little, little um, events and games and whatnot. And then Mm. when I got there, they moved me up to sports coordinator, sports Mm -hmm. director. And then I got to kind of create my own sport themed events. So like, chipping into the pool and all the beach game. Oh, that's which, cool. Yeah, it was, it was a good job, but it was, that was me. I, I wrote my schedule. I did them. I, I did everything. I was kind of a, a separate entity and uh, nice. I, I wanted to provide the best thing, things I could mm-hmm. for the guests. And I just burnt myself out. How long um, did, were you on that ship? So I did a five month contract and I said, never uh, again. 
and then they wow. offered me uh, a big promotion, like two two levels above where I was at that point, and wow. I was um, deputy cruise director, so second to the cruise director. So they lured you back with more money, basically. More money, and and you know, I got to host the big shows, and yeah, nice. I guess I'll come back. Sure, I said never, but that doesn't really mean never. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah, not in this business. <laughs> you got that right. Um, yeah, so I came back, did the same company, um, more responsibility. I had to do a lot of like management and administrative type things during the day and then host shows at nights. And there were a couple of mm-hmm. theme nights where we dress up cowboys, pirates and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Couldn't do it. I, I did one contract in that position, six months, and I was pulled by the, you know, the company managers telling me we can't give any money to this, but you have to provide perfect um, entertainment. And then I was also pulled the other oh. direction. I wanted to take care of the dancers and the singers that were kind of, they expected to be just singing and dancing, but they had all these other duties and it's kind of, I get oh, a bit wow. of an eye opener. Yeah. Yeah. This is an eye opener for me because I mean, I've never worked on a cruise ship. I've auditioned a few times, but yeah, that's a world, um, I guess I'll never know. And I'm okay with that at this point. So basically they just sort of wore you down with their like uh, bureaucracy kind of, and you were uh, ready to duck out after that or uh, jump overboard, if you will. You got, yeah, pretty much. I mean, I like to say it's also because of my compassion for, you know, I didn't want to lead other Formers on into something that wasn't quite accurate. So oh, I was man, pulled in that both is... directions. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I applaud you with that one because uh, it's been my experience in this business that uh, you know many people <laughs> don't really have that compassion and they'll just you know jump at any you know money that sort of dangled in their way. But uh, good for you <sighs> for having ethics. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't. Did you say hero? I, did I hear hero? Yeah, I guess. I guess I you know, the hero. word hero is used a lot these days, but you, sir, are the greatest Canadian hero since Bret Hart. Oh, wow. That means or a Leslie lot. Or Leslie Nielsen, even. Dude, okay. Now you're, you're pushing it. Uh, no, you're right. That's a, that's a little much. So, so you did like, um, did, did you say you went on another cruise ship after that, or that well, was it? Well, I left that company where I was, mm-hmm. I was slowly becoming a manager and that's when I went to Disney and Disney's where I was strictly a performer again, which, mm-hmm. which was great in a way. Yeah. Um, you, I'm sure where you are, you know, a lot about working for the mouse. Uh, um, yep. Yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, I, this is the way it was described to me when, for my experience, cause I've really only worked on the cruise ship. Disney is an entertainment company first and foremost that happens to have cruise ships. So their entertainment yeah, okay. on the ship, amazing, second to none, well organized. But mm-hmm. every compared to every other cruise ship, which I've worked on a couple now, um, they are a cruise ship company that provides entertainment. So then the, the life on the cruise ship is a bit better, things are more organized, and the entertainment might not be as as great. So mm-hmm. my life on Disney doing the job was spectacular. Lots of money, mm-hmm. big budget, and it, it was again, well-organized and it was back when you could improvise a fair bit. I think they've kiboshed that. Yeah. Yeah, I bet. (laughs) It's gone now, but, um, best, best job I ever had, but not a very good life. Um, why was the life part not good? Well, Disney has, um, has a rep to protect. So, Mm -hmm. um, when, when you're working for the mouse, you, your happiness 
goes second to the image of every, of every guest's happiness, I sure, suppose. Sure, sure. You got to keep that face sparkling clean, not a single hair on it. You got it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And then more so to the fact of on cruise ships, we were kept to our areas. We were very divided. All the spectacular wow. guest areas we couldn't really use except for a special occasion once every four months or something. And that wow. was tough when you're on, stuck on a ship. I mean, my uh, experience working for Disney... Mm, well, I mean, it sort of came towards the tail end of, well, what I consider the tail end of my career. Like, just uh, remember when we were stuck with all like the night, with all like the 20 year olds in Dubai? Ooh, <laughs> that's, yeah. what it, that's what it was like here. And, and it's weird because uh, Universal, like right down the road, they get mascots and stuff, get paid quite a bit more. And the performers in general get paid quite a bit more because it's uh, unionized. And right. uh, like Disney down the road in Anaheim, whew, I mean, they like the face character stuff is unionized, but everything else. I mean, I felt like I was barely working there and I got uh, one ticket in my tenure there. One ticket. That was my uh, thank you or whatever. But uh <laughs> <laughs> but it, it yes. was what it was. So, so you fin- finished up with Disney and, uh, and then what? So then I, 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 at that point I was done with cruise ships for forever in my head again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I left and moved to, uh, London. London was, um, about me trying to become a real actor again. I put it right. So because, um, London has a lot of people trying to navigate through, um, the performing profession. I was working in Madame Tussauds, scaring people in the dungeons, but I was working alongside people who worked in the West End in Les Mis. (laughs) It was just their (laughs) side hustle, which I thought was brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And they took good care of us. It was, uh, they wanted to get a certain caliber of performers, so they knew they had to pay well enough, and they knew they had to be flexible. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That completely blows my mind. Hold on. <gasps> <laughs> like, man, I swear, the, the it seems like, I don't know, over here, I feel like the, the bar has been set a little low, at least as far as pay is concerned. But, uh, but anyway, uh, that, that's awesome. Uh, continue. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not to lie. It's probably an ebb and flow a little bit in London, like like everywhere. But at that point, at least, yeah, it was we were taken care of. Everything was flexible, and it was also a scarer at Madame Tussauds was the hardest audition I've ever had in my life. It was Whoa, two and a half. Really? It was yeah. It was um, it was. I'm gonna get this right. Twenty hours long. Wow, what'd you have to do? So we had to do like we had to prepare something, and then we had to do um. Uh, like a scare kind of like walking us through s- different types of scaring we had to scare at different levels scare without mm-hmm. talking and then the last day it was just a half day where we had to design our own scare attraction with a team wow oh, wait that was part of the audition that was part of the audition the reason i mean they had to do it that way because wow. as i said they took care of us so it was a sought after role there were 20 mm-hmm. positions available for the year i auditioned and there were like 230 people auditioned for it it was pretty, yeah. Oh man, that, yeah, that, that is awesome. Well, let me, <laughs> let me tell you how being a scare actor goes for, well, at least over here uh, at the park that I was working for, I won't name drop it because I would like to go back <laughs> and work there someday, but uh, you just show up and it, well, at least this is what happened last time for um, just last Halloween. 
since I'd already worked it before, I went and did a very, um, I don't know, I would say half, I'll just say <laughs> half-assed audition. And since I was tall and still am tall and already worked it before wow. I got in <laughs> and, and that was it. And I mean, a lot of it has to do with the fact that, I mean, it's a, I don't know how things were for you, but it gets pretty violent over here with people just coming through and punching and molesting and stuff. And they really, I mean, they pay okay, but they really don't pay well enough, like for the hours and the amount of uh, violence that's involved. Um, but, uh, but right. that's another story. Uh, no, we were okay. We had to get mm. um, one of our, one of us would, you know, be um, talking to them at the beginning before they came in, and we'd make it completely clear that the whole thing would shut down if anyone got touched or abused in any way. Yeah, but it's wow, wow. Yeah, I mean, they do. Like the sad thing is that I mean, I haven't worked where you've worked, obviously, but they still care more than the average Halloween haunt that I've also worked where they just could wow. have cared less. So you were, uh, well, what did yeah. you say? Scarer at Madame Trousseau's. Like, do you have any, like, good memories or stories from <laughs> well, that I mean, place? I, you can probably c connect with this. If you're working um, the same kind of performance, same kind of role for a long time, you gotta, gotta keep it um, interesting mm. for you. So we used to, we used to have, like, yeah, we have to have, Absolutely. We, we make scare rules. So, like, we could only scare using, you know, quotes from The Simpsons or only scare using musical oh, titles nice. from the West End. And it was just like the random things that came out just to keep us engaged was, you know, pretty hilarious. Yeah. And that's what really makes like a performing job, you know, special when you have little exactly. in jokes like that. Yeah. Um, but it was, we, we had a good mm. team because as I said, it was a big audition. We had a good group of people that wanted to be there. Um, any issues with abuse, minimal, but they <laughs> We were so active in our performances and really kind of gave it our all. We had a couple of pretty big injuries of us just like running into a wall because we were trying to scare the same group for a fifth time. Um, yeah. I think we've all been there. Yeah, it's a very funny situation. And uh, <laughs> you're like half of you is embarrassed, but the other half is like, no, I actually may have may have destroyed myself just now. So I should probably probably walk um this is a funny right i love this, this kind of stories like sure. right out of the a line from no business like show business i was um i was leaving madame tussauds after i finished my scare shift and i thought i'd taken off all my makeup but um i got all the way home which is about an hour on the tube so surrounded by lots of people when i got home my partner mm -hmm. told me oh yeah you've got a bunch of blood coming out of your left ear Wow, I passed probably wow, about 400 what? people who decided not to tell me I was bleeding from my ear. And it was fake blood. That was fine. But nobody said a word. Nobody said a word. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That is a scare actor life right, right, right there. Or a scarer, whatever you want to call it. Man, that's, uh, that's yeah. perfect. That just typifies it. All right. So after Madame Trousseau's, what was next for Matt Glessing? Uh, so I, I stayed in London doing just random uh, uh, acting roles, performances for another year. And then I moved back to Canada. Mm -hmm. um, and in Canada, I w worked on film sets for uh, about a little over a year. I worked on Fargo. It was a good time. Yeah. 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 Oh, nice. It was fun. It was Great a good show. time. I um. Uh, how long was I there? Mm -hmm. 
Um, yeah, so I spent about a year and a half back in Canada, and then I went to run away again, which is to Australia. And I was in Australia in Sydney for a good week before mm-hmm. I got my job at Luna Park, which is the kind of almost vaudevillian, um, old-fashioned amusement park, like a Coney Island vibe almost. But and there, are, but there, like I was a clown. Oh, I see. But you could be a bit of a jerk, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Of, um, oh yeah, that's the best role you can possibly get. The one right. when you're paid to be a jerk to people. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, and so that was my next kind of theme park. The great thing about that one was, and this is Australia. I don't know if you've spoken to any well, uh, Australian. I'm sorry, uh, first theme park actually, right? Oh yeah, right. First, thank you. First theme park. Mm-hmm. Yeah. First theme park. Yeah. Um, but it was maybe a bad thing that it was my first because Australia is such a beautiful country in that it pays performers really well. I mean, it's an expensive Man, place to live. Nice. Mm-hmm. I was getting paid. Uh, she's almost $30 an hour, which in American dollars is still Whoa. like 23, you know, it was oh, that is so good. Oh my gosh. Where do I sign up? I know. Right. It was, it was really mm-hmm. cool. It was, um, and it was quite flexible again, so I could work, work around other things. And I got guaranteed hours if I wanted them. It was, and uh, just, I'm just curious, um, did you like just sort of find out that they were looking for performers and you auditioned? Like how, how exactly did you get into, what is it, Luna Park? Yeah, Luna Park. A lot of I, that I got through Star Now, which is a kind of an individual run casting website. It's not through agents. Mm-hmm. And it's like where I've gotten a lot of my work when I travel somewhere new and I don't have the contacts yet. Um, right. Yeah. And it was... I just remember seeing the price that I paid and I was like, I'm getting this job. <laughs> wow. Get this man. Job. Yeah. Uh, that's a great feeling. Yeah. It was, it was a good time and it kind of sustained me when I was in this, you know, this country I'd never been to before by myself. Did you just uh, send them a reel or? No, it was uh, my kind of, my kind of audition process where I, I sent them, I think just my photo and my, my resume. Um, but mm-hmm. then we had a, a pretty big, audition slash interview slash improv show which is mm-hmm. kind of the basis of the performances they want you just walk out there and you know in uh, white face and do whatever the hell you want to do <laughs> nice ah that's so good yeah and did you um, did your clown like have a name or anything or if it, it was just right my clown, clown <clears throat> my clown's name was was blip it was blip and mm-hmm. i had a brother named twerp and we had two kind of daughters named freckle and speckle um <laughs> yeah nice. and it, honestly we had to have an english accent i think was the only thing they wanted us to have and then everything else up to you <laughs> huh. that's that's so odd or no, i don't well i don't really see it as odd but that you know they just didn't have anyone Austra- in australia to feel fill that role um but uh hey that was uh, your good fortune right there, wasn't it? Exactly. Well, it's all relative. I think people who have been raised in Australia as performers, I, they don't realize how good they have it until they leave. Um, so mm-hmm. maybe some of them thought, oh, they're only guaranteeing three days a week. That's not enough for me. Or maybe, I don't know, $30 an hour isn't enough for me. <laughs> Wild to know. <laughs> yeah. <it's>, uh, <laughs> meanwhile, meanwhile I'm, I'm coming in hot from you know, the prairies of Canada where... If I get any, uh-huh. any kind of money for my performances, I'm happy. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Did they put you up while you were there? Was that part of your contract? 
No, no, that was it was not uh that wasn't included. So that was kind of different situation than where we met. And yeah, oh for sure. And I'm just curious, um like as a Canadian citizen, like I mean, is it pretty easy to move between like the UK and Australia? Uh, I mean, is it all sort of part of I don't know, uh nah, like, Commonwealth not really. stuff. <laughs> no. Yeah. It's the same. Nope. I, th- I think you, I think Americans can do the same thing where, uh, mm-hmm. if you're under 30 or 35, it's like, like a, uh, travel holiday visa. So, uh, how long did you stay at Luna park? The Luna park, I was there for about a year and it was while I was working at Luna park, I was actually driving a friend to the audition for Dubai parks and resorts. And I was like, well, if I'm driving mm-hmm. you, I guess I'll audition. Wow. And, and that's when it all starts falling into place. What might have put Yeah. So you went, uh, you went to audition to Dubai parks and resorts. What, what exactly did you go for? What did you do? Paint us a picture. Well, uh, my friend was going because she was a stilt walker and I, I done mm-hmm. stilts, but I wasn't good at it yet. So I walked in and said, I'm not a stilt walker. Um, what else, what else is going on? And they said, there was two auditions. <laughs> There's an audition for improviser slash MC. Um, mm-hmm. That was one category, and another category was uh, dancer and um, character. So I guess like suit character, um, mm-hmm. mover. And I was like, I don't have the energy today to pretend I'm a dancer. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. So I, so I auditioned for the other one, and um, I kind of approached it as I want to be an MC. I want to. I want to be a host of something. Um, mm-hmm. And I did it, I, you know, I auditioned half-assedly. I didn't really do my due diligence and research before I came. Mm-hmm. So I thought I probably won't get it, but here and so I'll do it. Mm-hmm. And it was quite, sure. a, quite a generic audition that if I recall correctly, it was kind of, right. they gave me a bit of a script to cold read and that was about it. That's because uh, you were auditioning for people who only cared about dancers and not really any of the other roles. Uh, I mean, maybe. I mean, <laughs> allegedly, <laughs> allegedly. What so, how long was it before you before you got the call that you got it? Spoiler alert: that you got it. <laughs> I was already. I'd already left Australia, and was on another cruise ship, just a one-off four-month cruise ship in Alaska. And I got the offer when mm-hmm. I was in Alaska. Uh, I must have been five months later. I think was, I don't remember. Must have been a while. It was a while. I didn't expect it. I'd, I'd long forgotten about it when they sent me the yeah, offer. That's how it was for me too. It like took them quite a while. And, uh, and what were your thoughts when you got it? And like, Oh, this is my ticket off this like boat. <laughs> <laughs> well, by that time I'd gotten, um, I'd gotten a job right when I finished the cruise ship to work as a host at a rodeo back in my hometown in Calgary. And that was like, that was making me quite comfortable. I had, I had a couple of gigs in a row that were really well paying. And so I, when mm-hmm. I looked at Dubai parks and resorts, I thought I might just take this to get to Dubai. I don't think I'd ever end up in Dubai any other way. Oh so- my goodness. That was the same rationale that my wife and I used to accept that contract. Are you serious? <laughs> oh no. Yeah. Cause we were like, uh, I was just like, ah, man, this money isn't very good. But, uh, when were we ever going to get a chance to get paid to see this region of the world, you know? Right. Um, and also, I mean, I'm sure much like yourself, we, you know, thrill or thrill seekers or adventurers, if you will. So we, I took it. <laughs> That's yeah. 
famous last words. Uh, just, we, yeah. just, yeah, we just took it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. So you hopped on a uh, plane to Dubai. How long was your flight or how many flights did it take to get there? Ooh, let's see. Yeah, it was, I think, around 14 hours of flying. But I can't remember where I changed. I think I may have gone to L.A. first, if that makes it could be hmm. just a bigger airport. maybe you saw my wife like sitting by herself because i had already had to go because they screwed up my tickets <laughs> uh, it's, yeah, it's possible <laughs> yeah but i bet uh but um what did they tell you you were going to be doing see i this was this was what i was told i was told i'm performer i can't remember the number um but ah. the actual role will be determined when I arrive there. And I, this was, it was kind of like, I knew that was a bit of a red flag for me, mm-hmm. but I also knew that all I auditioned for was improviser or MC and I was willing to do either. Yeah, so how could, yeah, how could you lose, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I didn't need, I didn't need much more than, than that guarantee and I was okay. Sure. Uh, yeah. Sure. So that, that's how I walked in and, um, you were you already there when I arrived? You were. When did you get in? Do you remember? Oh man, um, I th- yeah, it has been a long. T- I mean, I remember I came after their uh, first wave of you know people that they actually liked the the right you know the performer ones who were making like triple what we were making. Yeah. Um, but I don't. I mean, it's hard to say because you know they sort of you get there, then you're sent up to the hotel room. Right. And I don't know. I, I think maybe like a week later, they finally started having meetings or something. Yeah. And yeah. Um, so I imagine we probably arrived around the same time, I would guess. I think you're right. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, were you surprised when you showed up and you ended up having to stay in a hotel instead of the, you know, company provided? Or did you just assume it was going to be the, a hotel? What, what were you thinking? I... I, I didn't, it's kind of a weird thing to buy because if you've worked on, on ships or I'm guessing similar, um, on site, um, accommodation in theme parks, that's, there's a certain mm-hmm. level. It's not very great, but also the little bit I knew about Dubai was that everything's nice and fancy in Dubai and rent is the highest, most expensive, um, cost. So yep. I got there. It was, you know, the, I had a nice huge corner room. I don't know if you remember. I had one of the better rooms in our, in our building. Oh yeah. The room that, yeah. Matt Corbett stole from me. <laughs> I, I just wanted to, I just wanted to, I just thought it was funny that he ended up taking that room when my wife and I were just stuck in a single, but I don't know. I just wanted to drop his name and, and hope that he's listening. Um, but we'll see. Uh, yeah, you did have that nice corner room. That's right. Yeah. I'm just yeah, so you know, you, I'm shaking my fist at Matt Corbett's name for you. So good. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, and yeah, I remember we, you were called before you and I got there, they'd had all these fights to get us to that hotel room. And then they had more fights to get us a little package of like pots and just basic amenities. Um, Yeah. So to be treated like a regular human being. Exactly. Yeah. So it was kind of a good time for us to arrive, I guess, because Mm -hmm. we got there, we were in a nicer place. We actually had some pots and pens. Yeah. I mean, allegedly, I don't know if you heard from the other people, um, but they were basically staying in a place that wasn't even done being built yet. Oh, did, wow. Did you ever hear that? Well, I, I, I've gone to visit a friend there from the Bollywood 
part of our park mm-hmm. and I saw mm-hmm. where she was staying and it was, yeah, you could tell it had like the main parts were finished, but that was it. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, and so where did things go for you from there? Like, I, I mean, I remember we probably met on one of the many long uh, bus rides Yeah. because uh, we got, you know, bussed all the way from the hotel, which was like in the, I don't know, you could say like the downtown area all yeah. the way out to where the park was being built. So there was a lot of time to like chit chat and stuff. And I think that was probably, did we, did we meet before, uh, the unfortunate choice of my, uh, my wife, uh, leaving to go to the Philippines for 40 days? What did we meet before that or after that? I, Ooh, I think it was right around there. It was, it was, it was around yeah, there. Yeah. It yeah. Was, so that, that debacle was, had just started. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. It only, it only got worse as time went on. Let me tell you. Oh my gosh. Um, so I imagine we got called in for a meeting and then you probably got, we all went to our separate little groups for rehearsals and stuff. Uh, why don't you take it from there? Yeah. So uh, I'm trying to think of like the all entrenching vibe I got of this experience, which was, (laughs) it was kind of like, just like it was my approach at least was just blind positivity. That's the only way I can go about this. Because right. mm-hmm. they, they, it was very disorganized and we, we didn't have rehearsals very much. They would provide us just the bare necessities of their guaranteed two meals a day mm-hmm. in the contract. Um, and then we just had time to kill, which was, you know, be positive. It was really nice. You just, I got a free sure. hotel to stay in Dubai and granted I had to spend a lot more of my money than I thought, but I was going out and exploring right. and having a good time. Um, sure. And all through this, slowly they started adding rehearsals in the dance studio and bringing us in to learn about the park here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, right. As I did that, I met more and more people, <clears throat> all of which knew what role they were going to be, mm-hmm. which was a bit weird because I didn't. And I requested on a number of occasions in the first few weeks to you know, have a discussion about that. Um, right. And it really, it got through to almost a full month of me being there before they sat me down and told me what they absolutely had to have asked at, which was a suit character um, mm. named Frank, I think is his name, Hotel Transylvania. Right. Big dude. Uh, Pretty, can't even yeah. move, really. <laughs> sure. At that point, had you ever done mascot work before? No, no. My my entire performance background is based on me talking a lot, and I'm not against mm-hmm. it. Um, I did volunteer to do it for a charity once, just to help some people out, and mm-hmm. you know that's one thing. But I mean, was... I think that counts because I mean, there's many people who you know have never even set foot in the ah, okay. in a suit, and so when they told you that, well, what were your thoughts and feelings? <laughs> well, see, if it was a really high paying job, things might have been a bit different. I might've given them some slack, maybe helped them mm-hmm. out because they were in a bind, but my pay was like, it was really low. And, mm-hmm. uh, I, so I told them that's, that's a mistake. I like my immediate response. That's hundred percent. Not true. I didn't even audition for that. So that can't be it. Right. Um, I guess you mm-hmm. guys have made a bit of a mistake. You guys go figure it out and I'll be here waiting. <laughs> right. <laughs> kind of just nice. figured, yeah, that's gotta be it. That's, it can't be any more uh-huh. than that. Um, sure. But, no, sure enough. That was what they had intended the entire time. And I think, what happened was a lower level person 
put me through the whole process and didn't expect me to accept the low pay and right. didn't realize that I was coming from Canada and I was in my 30s, whereas most of the uh, people who were cast in these roles were coming from third world countries and, you know, right. teenagers or early 20s. So willing to take the pay and also, mm-hmm. um, you know, expecting that kind of that kind of performance, I guess. I don't know. Yep. And oh, man. And you were like the only like you and I, we were the only ones stupid enough in our 30s <laughs> right? to accept it. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we had a very uh, similar experience. Of course, uh, you know, I unfortunately I had my wife along for the ride yeah. um, until she wasn't. And then that's when you and I really got to know each other real well. <laughs> in addition to bad movies and uh, alcoholic beverages, which, um, you know, they have a lot of weird laws and rules about in <laughs> Dubai, but there are ways to get it. And man, I don't think, I don't think I've drinking so much since like, to yeah. be honest. Oh my yeah. gosh. <laughs> that was a high, yeah. High level of consumption for sure. Yep. Oh, high level God. of consumption, low, low point in life. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, em- emotionally speaking. Cause I mean, I, uh, like, I mean, I don't know. I'll go ahead and tell my little story uh, just about the fact that they botched um, my wife's um, the, her spouse visa from the get go, which I mean, I already alluded to the fact that um, like she couldn't they wouldn't let her on the plane because she didn't have a visa. So they sent us to some weird shady site and then we got her a visa. And um, but it took them so long. Like I, like basically it just had to go. And then she came afterwards and then she was on a regular tourist visa the whole time. And then finally, uh, we were just like, we kept waiting for the company to, to process, you know, the Emirates, the beloved Emirates ID. (laughs) And it just took them so long that, you know, we couldn't do anything. So we came up with the great idea that she should go back to the Philippines where she's from and hadn't been to for like four years. And uh, then and she remained there while the um, company slowly like tried to process anything. And I mean, I hadn't hadn't been away from my wife like for that long since I've since never. That was the longest time. And uh, and but yeah, but during that time, I mean, yeah, like I said, we became uh, pretty good friends. And um, before you. made your uh exit hmm, let's see what are, what are some other um <laughs> spoiler alert again i don't want to tell your story for you but i mean i just uh like what what eventually led up to you finally you know just saying i you know i've had it i'm not going to go anywhere the, the pay is too low like uh, what what took you to that point uh right well there was so the park was delayed and we, so i kind of I had some solace in that so mm-hmm. I, maybe we can figure something out <laughs> Um, Mm -hmm. and I knew that I've been cast in many different roles. I knew I had a talent that, that would better the the park. Um, and they just Mm -hmm. needed to see that and they didn't, I guess yet. So I was like, well, let's let me audition Mm -hmm. for something. What else you got? It's cause you couldn't dance, man. Cause you couldn't (laughs) dance. Well, yeah, exactly. So I, Mm -hmm. I finally got talked to one person, talked to another and they kind of begrudgingly said, well, you can see the head of casting. I can't remember exactly what his name was even, but. Uh, we, you can, we'll set up an audition for you. We'll give you some notice and set up an audition for a couple of Do you remember what he, do you remember what he looked like? 
like it. I remember his Facebook page had him in a flat cap holding a baby. I mean, was it a uh, a local or? No, oh, wait, no, no. no. All right. I know what you're talking about. Okay. Yeah. All right. Continue. Yeah. Okay. Yep, I know exactly who you're talking about. Perfect. Yeah. So they told me that I would get an audition um, the following week. Um, in the meantime, they were doing a promotion at the Dubai Mall, uh, Mall of Emirates. Well, they had two, remember? Because that's all there is to do there. Oh, yeah. Go to the big fancy malls. <laughs> there was the Mall of the Emirates and then the Dubai Mall, like three stops down later on the metro. Right. Uh, so it was at one of those. Anyway, It's at one of them. Yeah. yeah. I went. Um, they said, uh, we need you to be, Frank, just at least for this promotion. And they kind of, well, the guy I spoke to said, you know, just show that you're a team player. And I was like, I am a team player. If you're in a bind, I have no problem helping out and doing this. So I did mm-hmm. um, one one day shift as the character that they had cast me as. And it yeah. was not even outside where it could be really hot, but it was in this suit that even in the air-conditioned mall, I was so drenched in sweat by the end of it Ooh. that pools of my sweat had pooled into the hands, the gloves from yep. all the way all around my back and all the way down. And I, <laughs> I was in a suit that couldn't even be creative and move and dance. It was just kind of a solid mass. Yep. Welcome and, to um, mascot work, buddy. Yeah. This, 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 <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was, it was not, I thought maybe it's not as bad as I think and I could make something of it. And if it's just temporary, <laughs> it'll be okay. I did that Aww. and I left. And the next day I said, uh, now you got to tell me what's going on. I'm see, I helped mm. you out in this. Tell me what's going on. And they said, now we're going to have you audition and in a week's time. And if there's anything great, if not, then this is what you got to do. I said, mm-hmm. okay, um, uh, making sure you're going to, you're going to give me some notification of when my audition is as soon as you've set a, a date for it. And they said, yeah, I get a call the next morning at eight in the morning and say, your audition is at nine 30, get on the bus. Mm-hmm. I was like, what? <laughs> oh my gosh. I had nothing prepared. I didn't know what I was auditioning for. I didn't have any clue what I was doing. And I, I'd made at like absolutely sure that they would give me notification because I wanted to put a lot of effort into it. Right. Now, they gave me literally about five minutes warning. I went, oh. still did an okay audition for a couple of different things, but I knew they mm. weren't really a good fit for me. And, um, you know, before I even finished the audition, they're like, nah, it's not really, they don't really have anything for you. And that wow. was it. That mm. was when I said, okay, so now they're just, they're pandering to me as if I'm, too foolish to understand what they're doing and right uh, i i'm gone and um i always say like i i took me a long time to leave um but i got out of there um but i always mm-hmm. say now where i'm where i am now it was a blessing in disguise because one of the dancers partners used to work as a stunt person in universal mm-hmm. studios um which is where mm-hmm. i am now and it's the best role like easiest role and the highest paying role i've had in my life all because I wow. buy parks and resorts. <laughs> nice. Well, like let's uh, back up for a minute, man. I remember. I think it may have been your last night there, where we went to that. I don't know. Want to be like American sports bar place? Yes. Yeah. 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 And then like we actually ended up uh, going back there, and this time my wife was there. I was like, ah, oh, this was the place where Matt left me. <laughs> uh, but I was just like, I was like, oh, like I mean, I would reference you occasionally. Like I wish you would have gotten a chance to meet that guy. Uh, <laughs> about auditions like you weren't the only one who went through an obvious like fraudulent like pointless audition because things were it was delayed so bad 
or maybe you were there. I can't know. I'm pretty no, sure you were I just long missed, gone. I know what you're talking about. And I think I missed it by like a week or two. Yeah. Oh yeah. Those were, I don't, the sad part is that I even went through them, but then, then they gave me something now. And, and I was like, but then they didn't want to give me the pay for it. I was like, no, what? thank you. Yeah. 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 They, they were giving people roles, but they weren't paying any more money. Um, oh, so wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it was, uh, it was funny cause then they were bringing people in, they were even putting them through fake rehearsals and stuff. Uh, and so I ended up with like seven days just staying in the apartment and or apartment in the hotel and like writing and going insane. Um, but, but it's all right. Cause uh. I mean, the one thing that I, got out of Dubai with at least was, um, I mean, aside from all the great memories, uh, was, uh, <laughs> I finished my screenplay. It was uh, while I was out there because we had so Perfect. much time, especially in between like shows and stuff. But, but that's awesome that, I mean, it's almost like a happy ending because you went through that horrible, uh, desert <laughs> experience and now yeah you're at uh universal japan i just want to uh emphasize the japan part yes. and it sounds like you're having a good time yeah exactly this is this is a job that i didn't know existed i wouldn't have known if it weren't for my time in dubai and um i auditioned while i was back in london and i'm just finishing a full year contract and mm -hmm. it's been i mean Oh, the package that they give us it's so taken we're so taken care of there's nothing left to chance mm -hmm. japan is a very well organized culture and um quite professional the bureaucracy can get a little bit tedious sometimes but right the product it gives to people coming from other countries is so good um mm -hmm. can't really complain and was this your uh first time in japan or any asian country by any this, chance yes this is my first time in japan it was my first time in a place that really didn't speak english you know <laughs> mm -hmm. right how's that been for you well as i said earlier in the podcast there was a mm -hmm. bubble of people who work at universal like we have a building that's really close to work and there's hundreds of people that are english speakers that have come in to work for this company sure. so you can just stay in that bubble which is nice and i can um right find mm -hmm. someone to talk to or whatever find a pizza or something like that if i need a taste of home but it's Japan, it's Osaka. So I just jump on the train and I'm out in the middle of uh, a really interesting, really like entertaining and strange culture that, you know, has kept me, kept me entertained for a year now. <laughs> and, um, it's been a good time. Oh, that's great. Uh, oh, fantastic. So do you think you're going to, uh, re-audition like for another contract there? I think I would, I don't, I'm mm -hmm. not going to <clears throat> for next year. It's, it's, uh, I'm in a stunt role and it's not as easy because it's not my, um, my wheelhouse. As they said before, I, my, I'm usually cast as a talker and this stunt role in Japanese is me just moving around and lip syncing. <laughs> mm -hmm. So it's not like creatively fulfilling for you. Yeah, it's not so much, but man, the, this has been a great springboard. I've met a lot of people here and now going back to London this time, I'll be able to, um, you know, do things that I want to do as opposed to just surviving. That's awesome. That's, that's great. That's so, uh, so yeah, we'll just, uh, jump right into the questions <laughs> yeah. here that I ask, uh, everyone. So basically now you've worked for three theme parks and that's uh, Luna park, 
DPR, uh, Dubai Parks and Resorts, and now Universal Japan. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. All right. So uh, what is your favorite theme park to visit as a guest? My favorite theme park to visit as a guest? I, I would say in my time specifically Disney Sea. It's the Disney theme park in Japan, unique to Japan. Mm-hmm. It's awe-inspiring. Everything is done yeah. so well. And it's huge, mm-hmm. and it's um, there's it's not too Disney in that the rides are too safe. There's like lots of extreme rides, but it's also got the same. I do. I, I it took me a while after I worked for for Disney, but I do have like that same nostalgia, good feeling that a lot of us have had because they've got such great marketing. <laughs> mm-hmm. So going to Disney, even if it was in Japanese, it was um, probably my best time at a theme park. That's, hmm, that's interesting. Yeah, I've always wanted to, well, just go to Japan in general, uh, especially go to Universal Japan because that's the only Universal Park that I have not worked in or even visited. Uh, but someday it's on the to-do list uh, for sure. So what's your favorite ride of all time? Oh, I mean, it's okay. Yeah, I can say it now, but I've, it's changed. I'm, you know, I'm 35 now. There's mm-hmm. a ride here in Japan that's definitely the most thrilling like it's made takes your breath away literally because of the bees it's called the uh the flying dinosaur and it's crazy that's (laughs) nice that's not my favorite ride that might have been 10 years ago but my favorite ride here Uh is called the hollywood dream i don't even think it Uh actually goes upside down the thing that i'm living right now Is that, is that the case without any bitterness? Yep, oh, 100 <laughs> percent of the Hollywood dream. What's that like? Yeah, so it's it's a it's got a pretty fast like it doesn't go upside down, but there's enough um, take your stomach and shove it up into your brain moments that makes it mm-hmm. quite thrilling. But it's also you get to choose music to play to it. So it's, you know, I always crank on a little Michael Jackson bad. And um, oh, nice. it's designed to hit all the same point, the, the right points of the song with the right points of the roller coaster. And it's just just enjoyable. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, they have a um, similar roller coaster in Universal Orlando called the Rip Ride and Rocket. Have you ever been on that by is, any chance? Is that the one that you, you get you go straight up to start it? Oh, no, you're thinking of um, the Disney roller coaster, the Aerosmith one, the rocket roller coaster or yeah, mm, I, no, I think basically I, this is the rip off of that sort of, <laughs> but okay. at least yeah. in title only. Uh, but yeah, it's it's pretty cool. It's uh, it sounds very similar to the one that you're des- yeah. describing. So if you could build a theme park, like what would you put in it? If I could build a theme park, mm, mm-hmm. I would like to have. I know it's like theme park as a whole, but every theme park usually has little divisions, different areas. I really mm-hmm. like the idea of having very specific areas. Uh, you walk around a corner into you know, a fantasy themed corner and you've got mm-hmm. a certain smell. Yeah. Um, yeah, you get a certain smell and you've got a lot of characters that are you know, fully improv based characters that can interact with an audience. I think, and this is something that I miss in Japan because I can't speak the language. Being able to improvise mm-hmm. and like make a unique moment when you walk into a theme park sure. is one of the Absolutely. best things to happen. Um, yeah, one of the one of the times I went to Disney World, I, uh, I'm sure you know about this, but they have like garbage cans that are controlled and by remote, and they kind of oh, go and yeah. talk to people. And you know, I was mm-hmm. got me to. He totally fooled me. I had no idea what was going on. I couldn't figure out how it was controlled and who was improvising it. But he was 
hilarious and it was just a discussion with a garbage can and it was probably my best moment at Disney. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, so, hmm, you've done uh, quite a bit of a globe trotting in your time. Like when, uh, when does it end for Matt Glessing or is, are you nowhere near ready to like settle down or anything? <sighs> I had this epiphany about three months after moving to Japan that I've been mm-hmm. living this life thinking I'm going to do it while I'm young and then I'll start being normal. But mm-hmm. this has become my normal. So I don't know when yeah. it'll end. <laughs> yeah. It's a normal that I definitely miss. I'll tell you that uh, for sure. But that's a, it'll end when it's supposed to. How about that? That sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So uh, where could people find you if like they wanted to book you, I don't know, either as an actor or performer or improviser? Uh, well, if you want to contact me, probably the best way, though I've been not doing very well keeping myself up to date for the last year, I've been so pampered in Japan. But if you just, <laughs> if you just search Matt Glessing on Instagram, that's me, Matt with one T. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, uh, I think I'll be based in London for the next, you know, foreseeable future, but I do often bounce out for a couple of months here and there. Yeah, well, if you're ever in L.A., we got a couch here for you, buddy. Ah, much love. I might just take you up on that, sir. Awesome. All right. Well, Matt, uh, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Take care, Steve. Big thanks to Matt for regaling us with his tales of performing in strange and exotic lands. I hope this episode sheds some light on what it's like to work on a foreign contract. Of course, the one Matt and I worked wasn't the best, but if you're thinking about it, I highly recommend it. I mean, there's few other ways that I know of to get paid to travel the world. Plus, you make lifelong friends like Matt, and who knows, maybe me. And if you're really lucky, you might even get to meet the love of your life. That's what happened to me. And that's going to do it for today's episode of the Theme Park Legends podcast. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to have a legendary day. Thanks for listening to the Theme Park Legends podcast. Make sure you retrieve all belongings while exiting the car. Should you forget anything or have any questions or comments, make sure you reach out to us on social media. And remember, have a legendary day.